Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is Jacqueline here. Today we're going to be talking about the cliche that I find very necessary, 2021 Reflections the fails that I had over this year, the experiences that I had, and the lessons that I learned from it, and what I'm planning for 2022. This episode won't be so much to do with bulimia, but I'm sure that we'll touch on the subject as we always do in most podcasts, but I hope that you can draw lessons from it and learn from my experiences, but it's probably going to be a bit of a self-indulgent episode. However, whenever the people that I follow make episodes like these, I love them because They're kind of a look beyond the veil at the person that I listen to, you know, the people that you listen to regularly and they always speak on their subjects. But I find that the New Year's episodes, as cliche as they are, are always very personal because they're talking about them and the experiences they had and their life. And it's not so much about the business, but it's just about them, which makes them seem much more like a real human. But I am recording on my parents' farm in in Indiana on my phone. I don't have my regular recording equipment today. So anyway, uh, the sound may be off. And then if you're a new listener here and you're looking for bulimia recovery advice, please go listen to my other episodes that I have. There are tons of them about bulimia recovery. A lot of the beginning episodes are really helpful to get you started and then go from there. But today will be more about me. As you look back over 2021, I know that, again, it was the year after the pandemic, so we were hoping that it would be a lot more back to normalcy, but obviously that did not happen. I think this year has been more normal than it was when the pandemic happened, but I don't think everything will ever be the same, unfortunately. They can't. You can't unknow what has happened. You can't change that. Our world is forever changed, and I think that is really hard to accept, and we're all going through a grieving process with that. I think the world never will be the same. And I, something, maybe this is already jumping in too deep, but I think something about living and as you grow older is you have to accept that the world changes. And the pandemic was a really big example of a drastic change in our lives and having to grieve that. But even if it hadn't happened, as you grow older, Things will never be the same. You'll never be in high school again. You'll never be in college again. You know, in the same exact environment, the same friends, you'll never be necessarily, um, you know, in your childhood home, that sort of stuff. Like things keep on going. And I've had a lot of clients who they've had, you know, a loss of a child or um, a loss of family members, things like that. Those experiences have to come to an end as you get older, just even the passing of time and how bad 2000s movies. They'll never be a thing, but they're charming in their own light. They have to grieve that. So I think we've all gone through a major grieving process with the pandemic um, because life will never necessarily be the same. It is forever changed. And in some ways, 
life has changed for the better. A lot more people got the opportunity to work from home and be more efficient with that. Um, and mental health was taken into a lot of consideration. It got worse for people that struggle with mental health because they're more isolated. But people are talking a lot more about health and taking care of yourself and mental health, which I think is so important. And it wasn't a huge conversation before all of this happened. And people are a lot more aware of um, how viruses work, which is really, really great. But anyway, I think that this year it's really been settling in for me that the world won't go back to what it was before. And that is hard sometimes for people to accept, but it is probably the truth. And so that was probably a big thing that I went through this year of just acceptance and moving forward. Another thing that was big for me um, in terms of accomplishments or whatever is that the the this is my first full year working entirely for myself, coaching, um, helping people recover from bulimia, doing something I absolutely love and being completely self-sustaining. The year before, I was primarily coaching as well, but I still did have somewhat of a side business um, for my old employer that I was working for. And so I'd be helping them a little bit, supplementing my income. But this is my first year fully working on my own, no additional work with anyone else. So really, really cool. Um, I surpassed all of the goals that I thought. And I'll tell you, working in a career path where I get to sit down and talk with people about their life and help them overcome something that has been so detrimental to them and help them realize that they can eat in a different way, they can have a different life, they can think different things, completely change their lives just through talking with them and helping them see the things that they already know it's been life-changing. I think I'll probably say this every year as time goes on. I probably said something like this last year too, but I had no idea how much I knew it was something I wanted to do and I knew it was something that could make a difference in people's lives, but I didn't know how much it would change me. And I think I've become so much more understanding and empathetic towards people and I have a much deeper perspective of life because of all the people that I get to talk to. I mean, for example, I won't, I don't want to give away too much details, but you know, one of my clients recovered from a major, major drug addiction, not with, not with me, but before um, she came to me for bulimia recovery help. But she, in the past, she has overcome so much trauma and a drug addiction that kill most people. It's just like the people I get to talk to are very strong and very inspiring and they humble me all the time. So I'm trying to say that this experience of having the podcast and coaching people and the business that I have has been so life-changing. And if you're out there, maybe the lesson you could learn from this is if you're out there and you're considering doing something, shifting your career, wanting to help people or even, and it doesn't have to be something so... Like mine clearly is, you know, sitting down helping people. But if you think you have something in the world that will benefit people, and maybe it'll make them laugh, bring joy to their lives, that is helping people too. Or you think that's going to make their lives easier in some way. Whatever you think you have to offer the world, please go for it. And please start small. Put a little shingle out there, something. Put a f- put your toe through the door. <laughs> um, I really think it's been the best thing ever. Um working for myself and doing something that I fullheartedly believe in. A lot of guys, I don't know if you know this about me, but before um, I got into this business, when I was recovering from bulimia, I I went through a time where it was really hard for me to find a job, which is, I was kind of forced, I thought it would 
be easy, but I was a graphic designer, web designer before this, and I was kind of forced into a place where I had to freelance. And I was really bad at that. And I also was really bad at managing my own time, at being my own boss. And I also kept desperately applying for jobs and I kept getting denied and denied and denied. And it really made me want to give up at times thinking that I just wasn't qualified, that I just wasn't good for anything. Everyone kept telling me no as well. Um, I kept getting like close and they kept picking someone else. And so that can really take a toll on you. So for you guys that think that are out there maybe feeling like... um, you keep applying for jobs, you keep trying to do the thing you want to do and fail. I was there. And I'm not saying that I have everything perfect and figured out now, but I am doing so much better than a lot of the people that said no to me ever thought I could do. So please let that be a lesson that um, you just need to keep on trying and keep on finding what works for you. I think I kept being denied also because I really wasn't passionate about the things that I was applying to. I really hated doing graphic design and web design for other people. I use it in my business all the time today, but I feel passionate about what I'm working on. But I'm really grateful that those people never hired me because I wouldn't have been a great employee. I didn't really care about the work that I was doing for them. So it really worked out. I came full circle that I was never meant to be with them. I was meant to be working for myself, helping people doing this. That's one of the maybe main reflections of this year is that this year really felt, again, like another dream come true in terms of being self-sustaining. The walls didn't crash in. And there were some things that happened this year that were pretty big deals that we were able to handle because I was in a much more stable spot because like my boyfriend, he had a major health crisis. He had his Achilles tendon rupture and couldn't walk, you know, for a period of time. He's gone full circle and is doing his own business now too and all that sort of stuff. But that takes a toll on you. And the, the having a business where I was able to work from home and help him out really, really helped in a lot of ways. So anyway, that's what I have to say about that is that I'm really grateful to be doing what I'm doing and I wouldn't be able to do that without you guys out there who listen to this podcast and my clients who put their trust in me to work with me it's been it's been quite amazing and I always say this but I learn more from them than they learn from me I think always Uh, they just every time I have conversations with people I grow from it tenfold major lessons that I learned in 2021 and then finally we'll talk about uh you know, my goals for 2022 and if you should set goals or not. So in 2021, the major lessons I learned was one, I can't do everything. And I just kind of wrote down what came to my mind. The one lesson was I can't do everything. And if you are a business owner and trying or trying to start out a business, you'll know that the more you keep trying to do everything yourself, the worse it's going to get. It just, unless you want to be constantly working in your business, it's not sustainable to be doing everything yourself. So I really learned this year that I really need to, I need to get better at delegating. Um, I always think like, oh, I can just do it all myself. And I have been able to accomplish everything in my business so far on my own. I am the marketing person. I am the podcast person. I am the editing person. I'm the person that does everything, but I don't want to always be that. And the more that I could delegate things like maybe editing the podcast or handling like some some emails or something like that, the more my mind can be spent thinking about how to help my clients, how to make the podcast better, how to help people more, which will in turn help 
everyone out there and help my business and help me. Um, you got to think, I've been thinking a lot about where is my mind best spent in my business and it's not best spent um, making little website edits and editing the podcast and sending um, little emails back and forth or sending automated emails. My time is best spent thinking and creating solutions for people and um, thinking about my clients and what their problems are and how I can make my process for bulimia recovery better and better for them. And so when you're trying to do everything yourself, then nothing doesn't necessarily get done by the, the best quality. So my goal then for next year is to delegate way more and to um, hopefully hire a few people uh, to help me out and to, and particularly for research and also for doing tasks that I just don't enjoy so that I can free up my time and be the best person that I can be, the best coach I can be, the best partner I can be in my relationship and enjoy my life and help people more ultimately. The second lesson I learned is no matter how many successes you have, people in your life matter most. And friendship is really important to me. And so something I kind of failed at this year is that I didn't strike a very good balance with maintaining friendships. And other than in my family and my uh, my relationship with my boyfriend and my dog, I really didn't upkeep many of my friendships. And I probably let quite a few friendships just fizzle out. I was mainly just working and spending time with my boyfriend and visiting my family, if that. You know, I spent a lot of time in my business. And part of that was because, you know, at some point in the year, we couldn't go out much because my boyfriend was injured. So it was really a time for trying to help out and isolate. But I was mainly, you know, I could have still maintained friendships. I could have called people. I could have tried to make friends in this new city. And I didn't. And something I really realized is that I don't want that. It's very easy as you go on in your life to um, let certain areas of your life atrophy. And something I realized is that friends are such a great thing to have. And I miss, this sounds weird. It sounds like I have no friends, but it does sometimes feel like that. And over the year, um, I work from home now. I don't work in an office. I, I talk to clients every single day, but clients, while they are friends of mine, I, it, is, it does feel like having a conversation with your friend. Having friendships outside of business, I realize are very vital to me and I miss that. So this year, and Eve, I've already started trying to do this, I'm making much more of an effort to socialize, prioritize it in my calendar, to have lunches with people, to go out and meet new people, to contact and call up old friends and see how they're doing, try to ask them about their day put effort into that because something I realized like most things is that if you don't use it, you lose it. And friendships work the same way. It's got to be something that you put effort into, just like a romantic relationship, just like any sort of thing. If you don't put effort into relationships, they will fizzle out and fade. Um, so this year, don't, don't be like me. I, I'm okay, by the way. But something like a big fail for me this year was isolating myself too much in my business. And I'm seeing it now in hindsight and I'm changing that. But that's something I really want to work towards next year is creating more friendships and maintaining the ones that I love. And it's not necessarily having tons and tons of friends, but it's also having really good quality connections and prioritizing them and making them just as important as my business and my other areas of my life. Another thing I wrote down, it's, it's not really a new lesson, but I think it always is something that I, I ponder a lot. Is this? It's a quote. I forget where this quote is from. But it says, to have a life you've never lived, you have to do things you've never done before. And I think the original quote is actually different. But I just think about that a lot. And this year, 
it was very obvious that it was created by me taking risks and now I need to take more risks. And part of those risks will be delegating and hiring out and hiring like a virtual assistant and things like that to see what happens, you know, and that's risky. It's risky to hand over tasks that you know you can do yourself, but you're trying to let other people do them so that you can free up time and do more important things for your mind and business. But in order to live the life that I want, the life that I've never had, I still have to continue doing new things and taking risks on yourself. So, and some, a big risk I took this year was hiring a new um, coach to help with my business and finances and everything. And she has been, she was like a risk. I didn't know what would happen. I wasn't for sure, but she has paid back tenfold in the amount of growth that I've had, not just in my business, but in my mind. I really have become much more cleaner in my thinking by talking with her on a regular basis and working through the things she's having me work through. And it really, for me, felt, I felt a little bit, again, self-indulgent and selfish hiring a financial business coach because I was like, oh, do I care so much about money? I want to help people. But actually, when I set goals for my business, it makes me think about how do I help people more? Because in order to have a successful business, you have to have an excellent product and help people and actually provide them amazing results. So by hiring her, I think I've become a much better coach. I constantly more analyze myself after calls and thinking about my clients in a much deeper level than I was before. So really, really cool. I didn't expect that result from hiring her, but that's the point is that sometimes in order to have the life you have never had or you didn't even ever envision, you have to take risks and do things that you've never done before. So that was a really, really great thing that I learned this year and something I want to continue into next year is continue taking risks on myself, not just staying and doing the same thing, do what's working, but also adding to it and mixing things up and being willing to fail. Another thing I wrote down was you have to make time for vacation and rest. It won't just organically happen. I found that this year I didn't travel as much this year as I thought I would, or I didn't take as much time for rest as I wanted. Um, around mid-year, I started making more goals for that. I started realizing like, oh, half the year's up and we haven't really done much in terms of taking a vacation, taking trips and adventures. And I started writing out my calendar and planning for it because otherwise I would, the whole year just would have eaten, been eaten up by me staying in my office, not doing anything and not going out and staying the same because we're all creatures of habit. It's much easier to not plan for those things and to keep on doing the monotonous day-to-day tasks. But with the the vacation I took to the vacation I took to Universal Studios, um, we also went to a festival and I had several trips to see my family. Those all had to be planned in advance. And if they hadn't have done them, they wouldn't have happened. And likewise, I try to be really strict about my calendar in terms of planning my weekends and planning free time first, not the other way around, because otherwise it would get eaten up by business fires and work and stuff like that. So all that being said for you out there, if you're listening, you feel like I don't have enough time to rest. I don't have enough time. I would like to travel more, but it never seems to happen. I understand that life gets busy and you do have prioritize to you have other priorities and things aren't so simple. But please, please look at your schedule and look at what you're doing and question everything that you're doing and question what you actually want to be doing and start making plans so that you can get to there. And no matter what stage in life you are at, um, trying to make at least some time for yourself is always, always important and always possible. You just gotta shift things around and move things around. Um 
I understand sometimes there's places in emergencies where you can't do that. If that's the time in your life right now, focus on surviving. But as soon as you can get out of that phase, start making time for yourself and planning trips and planning, not just trips, but just planning times for you to rest and rejuvenate and have fun and have joyful times. You like planning joy is a thing you should do in your life, planning for magic in your life, planning for wonderful times in your life. That is something everyone should be working towards. And I think it pays back much more than you realize. Because I always think, you know, um, vacations and rest. I used to think this. I'm trying really hard to break that habit. But sometimes I think this will hurt me, my productivity in the long run. And first of all, it's kind of flawed thinking because what is the goal of life? To be productive all the time? To be constantly chasing after a financial goal or a business goal or, or numbers on the screen? No. That's not life. Like the best moments in life, I was looking through pictures of this year and my favorite photos were photos of us just, us just laughing on, on the couch with our dog, you know, and like cute little pictures of him rolling around on the ground. And uh, a lot of times I miss those moments because I'm focused on this problem that I should, like I, I want to fix or, you know, I didn't hit the numbers I wanted to hit or or something's going on in, in uh, our apartment stupid stuff, right? And that stuff is important. I understand you have to function in society, but I think the main moments in life are pretty simple and joyful. And so planning for those or trying to be awake for those moments is important. But the main point I was trying to say is that those moments that you enjoy, you come back afterwards feeling rejuvenated and have a brand new perspective on life. Just like this vacation I'm taking right now, I felt like it was too much time to take away that I wouldn't be able to get things done and it was unproductive, but actually have come back feeling a lot more rested and rejuvenated and focused and almost stepped away from my business and my life to to take more of a bird's eye view instead of being in it. And when you do that, when you take time to step away for joy and happiness and just chillness, you can actually come back with a much more clear head and make better decisions than you would have if you had just stayed in and kept pushing through. Another lesson I learned is that Miami isn't for me. (laughs) It's not just Miami. It's big cities. They're not for me. I miss Colorado quite a bit and we're probably going to move back there because I thought that being in the big city and being in the warmth would be good for me and I would enjoy it. And all those, you know, childhood dreams. I always, when I was little, would, uh, when I would play Barbies, I always imagined that I would be this big career woman in a big city. And I think I was right that I wanted to have some sort of cool career, but I definitely wasn't right on the fact that I wanted to be in a big city. I grew up on a farm in the, in the middle of nowhere, and I think that's where I hope to die someday is on a on a farm in the middle of nowhere, uh, away from people that don't put their grocery carts back. Uh, if you do that, if you are a person that goes out to your car and leaves your grocery cart in the middle of the parking lot... I don't, I can't stand you. (laughs) Just kidding. But that happens all the time in Miami. I don't think it's a, I don't know if it's a Miami thing, but it seems like a collective amount of people do things like that in Miami. And so I think it's just because it's a big city and there's a larger amount of people, therefore more chances to do sort of things like that. But for me, I don't like the traffic. I don't like going outside and, and being constantly surrounded by people. I think I really need some more peace and quiet more than anything. So That being said, the fast-paced city life I've learned is not for me, and I'm more of a simpler gal, and that's okay. But however, I do like cities to visit, so I think we'll be coming back to Miami and other cities for vacations, just not to live in. But something interesting about that is 
I felt kind of bad. I felt kind of bad for moving all the way to, out to Miami. I felt kind of stupid. I felt like silly Jacqueline wasting years of her life in a place that she doesn't want to be. You couldn't just figure that out before. You didn't know this before. It's so obvious that you wouldn't have liked this. Um, people are going to think that you're wishy-washy, that you're unstable. Actually, one time um, at a job that I had, they made me take a personality test and it came back as unstable. <laughs> it came back as someone who hops from thing to thing to thing. But anyway, sometimes though, I was I could have beat myself up for that. I could have been mad at myself. And I was thinking about like, oh my gosh, what is my family going to say when we know that we're moving back again? Everyone's going to judge me. And I just realized like, you know what? Miami allowed for a lot of things. Separating myself, moving out to Miami, it kind of allowed me the time that I needed to grow and stabilize. And also I would have not known had I had I not moved there, moved there, I would have always wondered. I would have always thought maybe that was the place to be. Now I know for sure it is not. I've lived here for a little while now. I just don't. It's not my cup of tea in terms of a lot of things. But there are good things, in Miami, that I will miss. There are like our gym. I will miss that dearly, and I miss the some of the connections I've made and some of the fun things about the city. There are things that I will be sacrificing, but I would have would not have known any of that had I just stayed in where, where I was. And I would have always wondered. So if you in your life out there, you're listening and you made a big move that was actually kind of a mistake, quote unquote, don't think of it as that. Just think of it as now you know for sure. And you can move forward with confidence that next time you won't make the same mistake and you actually will know a lot better what's the best for you. That's all I can do. And I don't see it as a fail. I think I see it as a big experiment. And we've actually had a lot of fun. And even though Miami's in the place to be. We've been able to go to a lot of cool places in Florida in our location and and vacation there and go there more easily than we would have if we were out in Colorado. So that's my lesson there. It's okay to make big moves and then (laughs) go right back to where you were. It's not a fail. It's okay to not know and going there experiencing. Most people, they don't learn from hearing or being told. They learn from experiencing. They learn from failing. They learn from doing something, messing up, and then having to correct it. It's the best way of learning, usually. Not always, but usually. Another thing that I learned this year that was really important was stress management. And that even if you think you're doing fine, your body will rebel against you if you're not taking care of it. And at some point this year... I was, I fell asleep in my desk chair at like two in the afternoon, just sitting up. That was a bad sign. And so after that, I tried to reel back in and give myself more rest. But then sometimes I would still be stressing myself out and I would break out in hives. At one point I had a really severe hive outbreak that was um, an allergic reaction that was affecting my um, my breathing. So that was like a really big kind of scare. And then I had to take a vacation and just rest and let myself recover But it was a really big indicator to me that even when I think I'm doing well um, and can push my body, my body will freak out and let me know when it's time to rest if I don't if I don't make time for it. So I really try to take care of myself now before my body freaks out, ideally, because I don't really enjoy getting tons of hives all over my face and lots of other stuff and having an eye twitch and all that sort of stuff. So Rest and recovery and treating yourself is very, very, very important. Um, something about our lives now is we have that a, a gym membership that we really love that's more of a luxurious gym membership. And I felt really guilty about that at first. I felt like, oh, this is this is too indulgent. This is silly. Um, and this is selfish. But really treating yourself 
making time for yourself that gym is our sanctuary it's my recovery time it's my time to just be with me and be physically active and take care of me there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and it actually fuels fuels me so I can give back more to others so please 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 if you think taking care of yourself allowing yourself rest and just is bad or it's not helpful or it's silly or it's self-indulgent please try to cut that language because your body's going to find a way to rest one one way or another. And in the past what I would do is I would just have I would just binge, you know. Now apparently I break out into hives and want to sleep all day. That's my thing now. So don't push yourself to those extremes. If you are, you're probably coping with bulimia and binging and purging or something else. So don't push yourself like that. Give yourself the rest that you need and you may find that you're actually more productive and able to give more to people after those times of self-care. So lastly, this has been a, such a long-winded podcast. I definitely will be editing some of this out. Um, it's been so rambly. I've been talking about myself the whole time. So for those of you guys that are still listening, thank you. I see you. You must really care. <laughs> um, my goals for 2022 are to... One is, one is pretty big. Um, I'm hoping that we can uh, buy our first home. We'll see how the market is. We'll see the the place, the area that we want to buy a home in or start our home in is quite expensive. So it may not work out, but we really, really would like to buy our own home and start moving towards that. I'm not rich by any means, but I would really, really like to, you know, I'm paying, we pay so much in rent already. So making, we have to pay to live somewhere. So we might as well be paying and building equity. So that's one thing on the horizon goal for 2022. We'll see if that works out. Another goal that I have for 2022 is to make my bulimia recovery program the best program it can ever be on the market. I don't know how to quantify that other than the recovery rate that people go through, but I really, really just want to full-heartedly focus on the research end. I want to redo the course. It's been a couple of years since I made that, and I just want to fine-tooth comb through every single thing in my program with a fresh lens that I have now being years into coaching and see what I missed, what can be improved, what's still working, what needs, what all gaps need to be filled. I want to be like a beaver with its dam, you know, plugging all the holes of water that are there. So that's what I'm going to be focused on. I want to be the best program ever for people, which is really exciting. I also want to have a lot more guests on the podcast in 2022, um, especially ones that aren't from the walks of life that I understand. I want to have more from different communities. I want to have a lot more diversity in the podcast, which is something that I haven't been um, intentionally avoiding by any means, but I haven't been seeking. And while I can just play that card, I think it's really important to show different perspectives on the podcast. Uh, so that's something I'm be working towards working on my own because I know it's something that needs to be done and it's important. And I've ha- I'm so thankful for all the guests that I have had on because they've taught me so much every time they come on. So new perspectives are important. Um, another goal for 2022 is to delegate, uh, to not be doing everything, to not be trying to doing everything and to actually hire a virtual assistant and hire a few people that are better than me at things that I'm trying to do everything of so that I can free up time to make better decisions in my life and in my business and help my clients out even more. Another goal is to live it up in Miami since it will probably be the last year that we are in Florida here in Miami. Um, I really, really want to give it its full chance. And this year, because of 
my business goals and because of um, the injury my boyfriend sustained, we really didn't go out as much as we would have liked in the city. And because of COVID, things going on, it really limited our capacity to enjoy uh, what Miami had to offer. So this year, this um, at least the first half of 2022, we really want to, to maximize our experiences here and go out and see as much stuff as we possibly can. So that's on the weekends. We will be trying our darndest to do that. Uh, we've already gotten some tickets to the music festival coming up in Miami. So that will be exciting. And we're going to try, try, try our best to go experiencing the neighboring things in Miami as well. Okay, I think I've rambled enough. One last thing, one last experience I want to share with you is kind of an embarrassing one. Uh, it's a fail, I would say, but I learned so much from it. But I think you guys will love this. I actually hired a fitness coach um, a few months ago because I thought that it would help me be even better with my nutrition and my workouts and stuff like that. But this fitness coach turned out to be terrible, just terrible in every way possible. She never... But she taught me a lot about what it what's what bad coaches can be. And every time I talked with her, she just would let me speak for a minute before cutting me off and rambling and preaching to me. She tried to put me on a meal plan, which I followed for a little while and it was disastrous. I hated it and, and made me like crave junk food even more, made me uh, crave disordered eating patterns even more. All that sort of stuff is a really interesting experience to go through. Um, and I knew better the whole time. I was like, why am I doing this? It's such a waste of money and a waste of my time. And I know this isn't how it works. I know intuitive eating works better. I know trusting myself works better. I know I'm not going to follow the stupid meal plan for my life. And I what I'm doing already is more than enough. And why am I trusting this person who will never, never even listens to me enough to know what's going on in my life? Why am I trusting her to tell me what to do? But I think it was it came from a place of wanting to improve, but it didn't last very long. I eventually just canceled with her. And every time I tried to cancel with her, she would be like, oh, let's have a talk. Let's let's try to figure this out. And eventually I just like to text her and I was like, no, I want to cancel and didn't give her any response afterwards, which is kind of crazy. It kind of shows you the type of relationship that we had. But if you, again, hired some sort of fitness coach or nutritionist or bought a meal plan online thinking that it would change your life, even I was kind of duped into that this year. And luckily, you know, I didn't have any relapses or anything like that. I was able to hold myself steady, steady and just correct and be like, okay, this, if again, kind of like the move to Miami, it's like, this clearly doesn't work for me. Now I know for sure, let's move forward and do what we were doing before. This is great. But I felt kind of guilty the whole time for doing it because I was like, I should know better than this. But you can like, it's so easy to get manipulated and duped into those things. And sometimes it's just easy to people please. And I think part of the reason I hired this coach is just because she was pushy and I felt bad saying no. And so something that I want to work on next year is I'm I'm so much better than I used to be because I talk for a living. I talk with people for a living. I have to be more assertive. But I think next year, trying to be even more assertive, not in a domineering and um, I'm better than you sort of attitude, just in a standing up for yourself sort of attitude and not just people pleasing and taking and saying yes to people just so they can feel better, considering your own feelings and um, standing up for yourself. That's what I want to continue working on next year. And this experience with this fitness coach that wasn't very good and wasn't a good communicator and didn't know what she was doing, it was just hilarious to me that that ended up, ended up happening to me. Um, so I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, if you think a meal plan and nutrition, uh, nutrition plan and someone 
telling you what to do is going to change everything for you. That's certainly not the case, especially if you don't drive with them. The thing that's different, I feel like what cemented me uh, and like at least knowing that I'm doing the right thing is that I actually listen to my clients and we work on solutions that they like instead of just, I don't just hand my clients a plan, hand them something to do, tell them what to do and then expect them to do it. We actually talk about what's working for them and what's not working for them. They actually, I let them share their feelings on the matter. We process what's preventing them from doing things. Because the thing about this, this coach that I was talking to acted like I knew nothing. I actually knew a lot. And if she had listened for a little bit, maybe we would have gotten somewhere. So with my clients, it's more so helping them find answers in their brain that they already know and just figure out, okay, you know what you should be doing, but why are you not doing it? And talking through those things and continually talking through them until they overcome it. That's what's really helpful about coaching is it enlightens you on things that are in your brain that you already kind of know and you push forward. It's problem solving, really. And this person, they were more so just ordering. They weren't really problem solving. And so it made me feel good about my own coaching at the very least. And it showed me what not to do. And it showed me also what you can look like and sound like if you you're trying to ramble because you don't know what to say and you're nervous, which I think this, I don't think this coach was trying to be misinformed or trying to steer me astray, um, steer me wrong. I think she genuinely wanted to help. She was going at it a wrong way. And sometimes when I, I think I'd say things that she didn't understand or she didn't know how to answer instead of listening and asking more questions and being okay, not knowing, and just listening to me, she would talk and ramble and, um, try to throw random facts at me and that weren't helpful at all or relevant. So anyway, it's okay if you don't know everything, but when you don't know everything, just ask questions. I think my clients respect me even more if they say something and I, I, I tell them, no, I don't know what that is. Please explain it to me because then they know that they're being fully understood. They're not just, you know, when you have a conversation with someone and they're like, yeah, uh-huh, I get, yeah, I've totally heard of that you kind of feel a little suspicious. You're like, have you really? Are you just saying, yeah, but that doesn't mean you actually know. So anyway, long ramble to say that even I was duped into the whole meal plan thing and stuff like that. It was a hilarious experience. Maybe I can talk more in detail about that, but I hated it. Meal plans don't work for most people. Some people they can, but for me, most people that struggle with eating disorders, it really doesn't work. Um, It's more about the issues going on behind the scenes. There's a reason you can't follow the meal plan or anything else. Anyway, I think I've talked for long enough. That was my whole long ramble and disastrous podcast episode that I'm going to have to edit like no other for 2021 that I filmed or you know recorded in my parent or my childhood bedroom. So yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful 2022 and a wonderful New Year's. You did not have to set New Year goals. But here's the thing. Goals are cool to set. I think that some people, they don't want to set them because they're afraid of failing. But setting the goal, it's not about the goal. It's about the work that you'll put in to get to that goal. And even if you fail at that goal, I failed at many of the goals that I have for 2021. And I actually exceeded in some of them. But it wasn't so much reaching that final thing that says that you won the goal. It was really the effort and process that I put in to reach those goals. And when you set goals for yourself, it forces you to push yourself toward that and become the new person 
that you have to be to achieve those goals. So let's say you set a fitness goal or you set a book goal. You have to read a certain amount of books or you set um, like one of my goals was running four times a week which some weeks I failed at, some weeks I completely crushed, some weeks I went overboard and didn't, and then I wouldn't work out for, or wouldn't run for a week. But the person and the mental, the mental strength I had to go through to get myself to do just running really, really made me a different person and changed me. So even though I didn't accomplish that goal perfectly, it was the process of achieving that goal and working towards that goal was, that was much more vital. And I learned so much more from that than doing it, you know? So for you, even though I know there's a whole fiasco of like 2021 goals, just think about what you'd like to achieve. It is a good time to consider and reflect since everyone else is doing it. Think about what you'd like to do for 2022. Is there anything you've been hoping for, anything you've been wanting to do, but you've been holding back? Set an impossible goal even. Set a goal that you know you'll never, never achieve that year, but what would it be like to work towards that goal? Because even if you never achieve it, imagine how far, you, far you'll get just trying. And my goals, so I did set an impossible goal and I didn't come anywhere close to it. But I came way farther farther than I would have if I had never set that goal at all. So that's the point of setting New Year's goals to me. It's not about the goal at all. It's about the process that you have to take to get to that goal and what you learn throughout the way. And me sitting at the beginning of 2021... I would have never known that all this would have happened. If you told me some of the stuff that would have happened, I would have been really scared and worried and concerned and hyperventilating. But now I've come out the other side, fresh and new and ready to take on a new year and ready for whatever crazy shenanigans and shit is going to happen. I'm sure that a lot of things will happen. I'm sure there'll be a lot of tears, a lot of laughter, a lot of anger, a lot of who knows what, but I'm ready for it. All right. I hope you guys have a wonderful New Year's. Never give up on yourself, my friends. Bye.